the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. How can you believe in the sovereignty of God and yet be worried and fearful about so many things? You've, you've not connected your belief system to your life. And I'm afraid that's so often the case with us. If you really believe God is sovereign, and He is, then worrying about death is, is not only futile, because it won't change anything, it's a waste of time, but it's foolish and, and sinful because it does reveal a lack of God's, uh, of trusting God's plan for your life. It is absolutely foolish and beyond foolish, sinful, because it says, God, I really can't trust you. I really can't go on that airplane. I really can't, I really don't believe that you've got everything under control. So Jesus says that it's incompatible with the character of God to worry. Many years ago, we lived next to a couple with a very cute little boy. Little Jeffrey trusted his daddy completely. He would stand up straight like a little soldier in the palm of his daddy's hand. Then Pete would slowly raise that hand way up in the air and walk around the yard. Jeffrey was in no danger at all because he knew his daddy could catch him easily. He had done so many times. In fact, that was how he got down when the game was over. Then one day, for no apparent reason, Jeffrey was afraid and refused to stand in his dad's hand. I was there when that happened, and the hurt on Pete's face when he realized that his son no longer trusted him nearly broke my own heart. What does it do to the heart of our Heavenly Father when we fail to trust Him? Today on Verse by Verse, we will continue our series of lessons about worry and how to overcome it. Pastor Steve Kreloff is our teacher. He has been serving for more than 27 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His expository or verse-by-verse method of teaching is, we believe, the surest way to teach the whole Word of God. In this series, we are moving verse-by-verse through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, in particular, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. How do we know we can trust God? How do we know He will provide for our needs? In this passage, Jesus gives us a couple of illustrations to help us get a handle on how caring God is. Let's go to the Word now. Here is Pastor Steve. And so he begins these two illustrations of God's care by drawing his attention, uh, drawing the disciples' attention to a little bird watching. He says in verse 26, Look at the birds of the air, but they don't sow, nor do they reap nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? He called for those, as I said, he called for those who were there with him to look at the sky. And it may very well have been, been uh, a reality that birds were flying by when he said this. We can't prove that from the text, but there uh, are many birds in the Galilee area of Israel where Jesus gave this sermon. And so it's very likely... Very likely that while some were flying by, Jesus said, look at the sky. Look at these birds. 
Look at the birds of the sky. And what does one see when he considers birds? Well, Jesus pointed out this about birds, that that they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather their food in barns, yet God still feeds them. He cares for them. And Christ's obvious aim in pointing this out is to say this, look, if if God provides food for these simple creatures, then why do you worry that he won't take care of you. You're, you're his children, created in his image, saved by him. Christ died for you, or will at this point. He will have died in the future for them. Why, why do you worry? I like the way one, one Bible teacher explained Christ's words. He says, there are millions and millions of birds, and by large, they are healthy and happy. None of them are suffering from hypertension. None of them are suffering from stress-related diseases. None of them uh, care. None of them have worries. God takes care of them, even though, unlike us, they do not sow or reap, and God will take care of us too. Now, I do want to be careful at this point, lest we misunderstand what Jesus is saying. When he said that birds don't sow or reap or gather in barns, he was not suggesting that we no longer work, that we no longer work or that we abolish farming or that we do away with all the the procedures to obtaining food. He wasn't encouraging us to sit back and do nothing and just pray that God will drop miraculously some food at our doorstep. Remember what Paul told the Thessalonians? He said, if a man will not work, neither will he eat. And listen, that's not how birds operate either. That's not how God works with birds. Birds work very hard for their food, very hard. God feeds the birds, but he doesn't, he doesn't do it by stretching out his hands filled with food and dropping it into their little chirping mouths. As someone wisely observed, it never rains worms. I mean, think about birds. What else do they do? They have no social life. What do birds do? They're extremely diligent in going after fish and worms and insects. In fact, that's what they're doing most of the time. That's just what birds do. They are always going after food for themselves or for their young. Listen, you watch, you watch pelicans, and they're, if they're not diving into the water, they're going across the water looking with their great vision underneath the surface of the waters to, to try to see what fish are there, and then they plunge in. Birds seem to be always on our lawn searching for worms. At least that's true on my lawn, which may be revealing about my lawn, but birds are there a lot searching for food and birds continually go back and forth to their nest either either with food or looking for food and they don't do much else that's it so far from being laid back and and lazy birds are quite diligent but ultimately and this is our lord's point ultimately it's god who supplies the food and feeds them he provides for them they don't provide for themselves they work for it they're very diligent But he provides the food. And that's the same way God provides for us. He will not do a miracle by performing performing some astounding feat as the normal way that that you get food. No, the normal way is that there's farmers and there are fishermen and you go and there are butchers and there are grocery stores and we work hard and we pay money and we get our food. It's not through miracles. There were times in biblical history God did that, as in the case of Elijah, but that's not the norm. And the point that Jesus was making is that if God so, is so faithful to provide food for birds, then, then why, why would we worry about God meeting our needs? After all, birds are relatively insignificant creatures. They're, they're simple creatures. They have not been created in, in his image. Christ hasn't redeemed them. They haven't been adopted into his family. 
yet he provides for them. And, and the Lord is saying, then why worry? Won't you, won't you trust me to provide for you? See, the very character of God compels us not to worry. It's not just Jesus saying, don't worry. He's telling us why. Because God is a loving, heavenly father to his children who will meet your needs. In fact, if you look at at Matthew 7, verse 11, still part of the Sermon on the Mount, though the emphasis here is on prayer, Jesus said in Matthew 7, 11, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Isn't that true? We are evil by, by nature, and yet our desire is to provide and give good gifts to our children. How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give what is good to those who ask him? And what kind of a God do we think we know? That he saved us and now we're on our own. He'll never provide for us. Every time you and I worry, we are sinning by really questioning God's care and concern for us. That's why worry, though it may be acceptable to Americans, it is unacceptable to God. So worry is incompatible with God's character to care for his children. But it's also incompatible with another aspect of God's character. Notice verse 27 in which Jesus speaks about God's sovereignty in determining our life's span. He says, and who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? Now, the word that he uses here is actually cubit, which was 18 inches, but it could be used for measurement. It also could be used for, uh, to say, just as it's translated here in my, in my version, a single hour or an hour to his life. He has to be talking about adding hours to one's life because uh, nobody grows 18 inches overnight. And that's not even a concern here. It's not the context. So, So this is correctly translated. And who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? What a great statement. What a great statement. Jesus is saying that all your worrying in the war in the world won't add a moment as to how long you live. And you get that? He's telling his followers that that worrying about their daily need for food and and clothing won't extend your life one moment longer than God has determined for you to live. This is a great affirmation of the sovereignty of God. Tremendous truth that ought to bring great peace to all of us. Why? Because in this statement, Jesus is revealing that God has determined your lifespan and my lifespan and everyone's lifespan. And worrying about it won't change anything. As one astute person once said, you can worry yourself to death, but you can't worry yourself to a longer life. You can't do that. And I want you to know the Bible not only states it here, but the Bible affirms very clearly that God has ordained when you and I will die. And we don't know, and I'm glad we don't know when that will happen, but God does. Psalm 31. You know, David, King David, had his life threatened many times. There was Saul and other enemies, and David constantly lived under the threat of death. And he says in Psalm 31, starting at verse 13, For I have heard the slander of many, terrors on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they schemed to take away my life. So David is saying, I am surrounded by my enemies. They're constantly scheming to end my life. And then he says, but as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. And notice what he says, verse 15, my times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. You ought to write that down because sooner or later you're going to think about that. That's, that's Psalm 31, verses 13 through 15. And David simply recognized that regardless of what men tried to do to him, the timing of his death was in God's hands. 
not man's hands, not his enemies. See, no one and nothing can take your life out of God's plan for when you will die. So why worry about such things as physical violence, someone's going to attack you, disease, airplane crashes, a terrorist attack, or even traveling to Israel with us when we go again in two years? Why worry about that? You cannot die before God has ordained the time for you to die. And worrying about it will not alter his plans. It will just make your life miserable. Can't change a thing. In our society, people who spend less time worrying than they do enjoying what God has provided are seen as irresponsible. But General Douglas MacArthur is quoted as having said, Worry, doubt, fear, and despair are the enemies which slowly bring us down to the ground and turn us to dust before we die. You won't change what you worry about by worrying. You will only change your health. If you just joined us, welcome. You are listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily radio Bible classes are an extension of his pulpit ministry. We are making our way through Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. As we just heard, King David said it well in Psalm 31 when he said to God, My times are in your hands. The list of things we come up with to worry about is endless, but at or near the top of our list is the fear of death. When will it happen? How will it happen? I admit that I wonder about it from time to time myself, and it is tempting to worry about it. But then I remind myself that I am accomplishing nothing other than robbing today of its joy. I just have to trust that God will work it out for His glory and my well-being. Job knew that. And let's return to class now and hear what he had to say. Job recognized this. You know, Job went through such suffering, and yet he says, in, and he affirmed this and understood that God was sovereign. Job chapter 14, verse 5, he said, Since his days, meaning man, his days are determined. The number of his months is with you, meaning with God, and his limits you have set so that he cannot pass. God has set a limit on our time span. We don't know when that is, but God does. So why stress out about it? This is a a tremendous truth that ought to give you victory over worry because so often people worry about when they're going to die. Most of us us here at Lakeside believe that God is sovereign. We would affirm that. But it's a matter of applying that great truth to our lives that makes a difference in the way we live. You have to connect your theology with life. Years ago, a man spoke to me who was a, a staunch Calvinist, meaning he believed in the sovereignty of God and, and he affirmed it. And yet he, he began to share with me all kinds of fears he had and worries. And I said, you see something is wrong here? How can you believe in the sovereignty of God and yet be worried and fearful about so many things? You've, you've not connected your belief system to your life. And I'm afraid that's so often the case with us. If you really believe God is sovereign, and he is, then worrying about death is is not only futile, because it won't change anything, it's a waste of time, but it's foolish and and sinful because it does reveal a lack of God's, uh, of trusting God's plan for your life. It is absolutely foolish and beyond foolish, sinful, because it says, God, I really can't trust you. I really can't go on that airplane. I really can't, I really don't believe that you've got everything under control. So Jesus says that 
It's incompatible with the character of God to worry. And thus far, we've seen him address the specific worries that related to them maintaining their physical lives by having just enough food to stay alive. But as you'll recall, they also worried, these original disciples, they worried about something else, and that was having enough clothing. And so Jesus addresses that concern in verse, verses 28 through 30. He says, and why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you, that not even Solomon, that was the great king in, in Israel who had so much of everything, not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And once again, Jesus calls us to observe nature calls us to observe nature. This time, it's the beautiful wild flowers that grow on the hills surrounding the Sea of Galilee. That's, that's somewhat seasonal. In case you were there a certain time of the year, you say, I didn't see many flowers. That's because we usually go when there are no flowers there. But these beautiful flowers decorate the green grass of those hills. And they are so magnificent that not even, Jesus said, Solomon, who had everything, Solomon had everything. Not even Solomon was clothed with such beauty. Yet for all their glory, notice this, that Jesus tells us that they are such little value that eventually they're thrown into the furnace. Now, what was he talking about? It's a common practice in Christ's day for women to use these flowers along with dried, dried grass as fuel for their ovens in baking bread. That's precisely what he was talking about. Now, The Lord's point in telling us this about flowers is to say that if God clothes the grass of the field with such magnificent looking but very short-lived flowers, then why worry about him clothing you because you're his eternal child? I mean, these flowers come up and then they're, they're gone. The grass withers, the flower fades. So why, why, why do you worry about that? You're his eternal child. Now, I realize that this may seem at first irrelevant to us because in our culture most of us in fact all of us have more clothing than we need whereas the people that Jesus was directly addressing had pretty much one set of clothing and worried that they eventually wouldn't have anything to wear but the real issue here isn't primarily clothing don't don't see that as the primary issue it's God's ability to take care of you in whatever need you have whether it be clothing or something else and that's why the Lord closes verse 30 by saying you of little faith. The issue is faith. The issue is our confidence in him. And the main reason that worry is a sin is because it's a lack of faith in God's promise to us, his promises, which is why Jesus is so is speaking so forthfully here and and it really serves as a rebuke to to every one of us because it means that we have little faith in God's character to sustain us. That's why it's a sin. That's why we need to be desensitized to this. Whatever needs you might have, if you worry about that, it is a sin. Worry, you see, and note this, worry is a direct attack on the integrity of God. It's an attack on his integrity. When we worry, we're speaking out of both sides of our mouths as believers. On one side, we say, I believe the Bible is inspired. I believe every word of your book. If we worry, we're being somewhat hypocritical. How can we believe every word of his book and yet doubt what he has to say? See, worry really is an accusation against God's integrity and his trustworthiness. Saying, I I believe doctrinally that you're trustworthy, but I'm not applying that to my daily life. That's why it's a sin. Folks, he is trustworthy. 
you can trust him to save you. If you can trust him to save you to go to heaven, you can trust him to provide for all of your needs on earth until you get to heaven. You can trust him for all of eternity with your eternal destiny. You can trust him with your your job, your children, your health, your finances. Question is, number one, have you ever trusted him to, to save you? Have you ever trusted that his atonement is for you and you've turned from your sin and you're trusting him and him alone to get to heaven? That's the first issue. But secondly, if you've done that, and if you're a believer in Christ, then, then why are you worrying? Why, why are you worrying? You can trust him because worry is just incompatible with the biblical concept of life. Your life and my life is not about obsessing with ourselves. It's about honoring him regardless of your circumstances, no matter how difficult those circumstances might be. You can trust him to meet your legitimate needs. Maybe not all the things you want, but everything you need. Secondly, worry is incompatible with the very character of God. He is a loving father. He's not aloof from us. He is interested in your life. You need to make sure he's your father, not just God the creator, but that he's your father because you've trusted his son for your savior and salvation. Let's bow for prayer. If you've never trusted Christ, I I urge you, I urge you to call upon the Lord to save you. Trust him to save you and then begin to trust him in your daily needs. And if you're already a believer, then what are you worrying about? Whatever you're worrying about, you need to simply repent of that and trust him and him alone for these issues. So, so, Worrying is a habit that we get into. Worrying is a habit. You can change those habits. You need to ask him to help you. You need to begin to focus on on these truths that we've studied today. Maybe memorize this. Meditate on these truths. These are the things we need to embrace. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it addresses such a, a relevant subject, not only to those folks back then, but to us, Lord, to me. And I pray for each one of us here that we would apply these truths to our lives and whatever we're worried about, Lord, we would have victory. And I pray that um, you'd help us to carry these truths throughout the week and not just today, not just a moment in time, but, but that these truths would alter our lives for your glory, your honor. I also pray for those who may not know you, that, Lord, they would see their sinfulness and see the, the atoning work of Jesus Christ as being for them. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And that brings us to the conclusion of Pastor Steve's first message on the sin of worrying and how to overcome it. In the next verse by verse, we will continue to look at this issue of worry. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I hope you will do that right now. Once we trust Him for our eternal souls, we should be able to trust Him for all the other relatively small things of life. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is our instructor in these daily Bible classes of the air. He has been serving for over 27 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you're ever in or near Clearwater on a Sunday morning, I hope you will find your way to Lakeside. It's easy to locate at 1893 Sunset Point Road. That's midway between U.S. 19 and the beaches. After the service, please introduce yourself to Pastor Steve. He would be delighted to meet you. 
Because of the time constraints of radio, we need to break Pastor Steve's messages into two or three parts before broadcasting them. If you would like to hear this first of two messages titled Victory Over Worry, please call and order a CD or a cassette. Our number is 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will call you back during weekday office hours. Our number again is 727-441-1714. If you would like to hear today's class or any of our previous classes, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. Feel free to download the MP3 files or just listen online. And better yet, sign up for our free podcasting service and have every lesson available on your computer or MP3 player. The web address is versebyverseradio.org. A couple of days ago, I mentioned the woman who said worrying was working pretty well for her because nothing she worried about ever happened. Please join us for the next Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve has a real-life example of that very thing to share with us, as well as the continuation of what Jesus taught about worry. This has been a presentation of Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry made possible through the prayers and gifts of listeners who are first faithful to their own churches. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse. We are here to give you strength between. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.